Welcome to John Park's workshop. It's me, John Park. This is my workshop. We're right here and we are ready to roll, huh? Uh, it is a hot one out. It feels hotter than uh, this temperature we see here on the weather display, but we're going to talk about that. We will get to that, I promise. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's going to be our project of the week this week, and we, you, as you can tell, we have a whole lot more than just the temperature displaying on there. Um, but before we get to that, we have other stuff. In fact, I'm going to tilt this to the side so I don't get too distracted. There we go, just like that. Um, you can see I've repositioned the clock. Uh, I've got it on the little magnet um, feet there, so I stuck it to the side of my bench. Kind of nice. Clocks everywhere, I say. Uh, and, uh, let's have a, let's have a look at what's going on over on Discord. If you are joining us, uh, in YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or Periscope, uh, and you're wondering where the chat is, well, most of the chat is going to be right here on Discord. Um, but I can't read that one. That one's small in my little preview window. Where's my actual Discord? There you are. Uh, good. All right. Hey, hello to Mr. Certainly. And uh, Charles Burnin Ford, Matambale, hello, and uh, good to hear that my audio levels are sounding good. Thank you, C. Grover. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, Todd Bot, you're right. Eventually, the whole shop will be covered in LED panels uh, that display things that look like what's on my walls now. It'll just be a virtual set, kind of like uh, Mandalorian, uh, with, with accurate lighting, image-based lighting. That'll be amazing. Uh, although hard to use the tools and things um, once they're virtual. Uh, maybe projection mapping. How about that? I paint everything white and then I reproject the stuff back onto the stuff. That would be weird. All right. Enough of that. Enough shenanigans. Um, what have we got? Well, let's see. First up, I'll mention our jobs board. We've got over here at jobs.adafruit.com. We've got Adabot there posting up the help wanted sign. And uh, if you have a look over at jobs.adafruit.com, this is what you'll find. This right here. This is it. And uh, this lists both job positions that are open uh, as well as people's resumes. If you're looking to hire someone, you can click available for hire right up here at the top and check out some of the uh, skills on offer. Or you can go and search through jobs. That is free for anyone to use. So use it, we say. Go check it out, would you? Uh, let's see, also, the, uh, let's see, how about, what was I going to talk about, a product pick of the week, how about that? that, that'll lead me to another thing in a moment, but yeah, let's talk about a product pick of the week, I'm going to adjust this camera too, product pick of the week this week is this lovely clue slash micro bit case, in fact, I have one right here. I just assembled it. Easy to assemble. The hardest part about it is peeling off the stinking paper on the laser cut acrylic. That's always annoying. Always chip up a fingernail doing that. Uh, but uh, there it is. It's just a few uh, sandwiched sections designed by our own Phil B. Paint Your Dragon. Uh, there are some inner spacers. It keeps things from moving around in there and some uh, what look like maybe M2.5 screws and nuts. And there you go, you can still access these buttons, you can still access the edge connectors, uh, you still can plug everything in on the top there, and it's clear, so you can still use things like light sensors. 
so that is kind of a neat little inexpensive. In fact, let's let's have a look. Uh, what is this going to set you back? Four dollars ninety-five cents U.S. That's it. Uh, and that's uh, you can see there's a couple other nice views here of it sliding in. That's what you get. Uh, and in fact, the laser uh, etched uh, or engraved uh, lettering there tells you where to where to place things. A, B, C, and D is a couple B sides, a couple C sides. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's another lovely picture of it. So that is the uh, the kit for the micro bit or the clue. I haven't tried it on the micro bit, but uh, I haven't really had a, a nice case for the clue. There's some actually some nice 3D printed cases the Ruiz brothers have made. Uh, but I like this for having a protective screen cover there that's all integrated with the button cutouts. That's your product of the week. And um, check this out. Speaking of product of the week, the product of the week uh, segment in this show is uh, so popular. I don't know how we gauged that. Did we do a, take a poll? Maybe we did a poll. I don't know. Uh, but we've decided it's so popular. We like it so much. Uh, we want to sell products to people. That keeps the lights on here at Adafruit and, and uh, Adafruit West out here in California. Uh, so we want to show off the, the products in their best light and encourage you to go and buy them and encourage you to share them uh, with other people to buy them. So to that end, uh, we're going to launch a new show. And uh, it's going to be called JP's Product Pick of the Week. Uh, let me put myself there on top of that. Look at that beard, huh? That was a few weeks ago. Uh, so this show will be on Tuesdays at this same exact time, Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time, 1 o'clock Pacific time. It'll last about 12 to 15 minutes. Uh, Phil, Mr. Lady Ada has said that 12 minutes is scientifically proven to be the ideal time for a uh, catchy YouTube video. Uh, and as you can tell, catchy YouTube video is our, our uh, goal here. So we're going with the... Uh, Silly, zany, wacky uh, YouTube uh, thumbnail there. Uh, we'll try it at least. Um, it won't be a top 10 list of, I don't know, foods you shouldn't eat or anything like that. What goes along with that video? Uh, something like that. Workout tips you never expected. Uh, but it will be a product pick. And what I'm going to do is show off a fairly new product and... Uh, take you through the sort of installation process, if there's software to deal with, a little bit of sample code, and I'll do a demo uh, to show kind of a real-world use. So this picks up where the new, new, new segment on Ask an Engineer leaves off uh, by giving us a little more time, a little, little expanded segment to look at a product uh, in a little bit more depth. And um, uh, we're going to start off with some Stemma stuff. So I've been getting, uh, I've been learning up on the Stemmas. In fact, I'll give you a little sneak peek um, to, to make things fun and easy. I'm going to have uh, a little pegboard of Stemmas. So uh, we've made, with the help of the Ruiz brothers, we've designed a little hang tag for some Stemma boards. So I'm going to uh, take you through some, some projects uh, and specs uh, and uh, do's and don'ts, maybe. Top 10 favorite ways to use a Stemma board. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and uh, we're looking for your feedback. So uh, as we go through this, please 
let us know over on the Discord. It's adafru.it slash Discord to join the Discord if you haven't uh, already. And uh, discuss. Tell me, tell me what you uh, want to see, what you're interested in, and uh, how you'd like to see this show shaped. So that will be coming up on, thir- on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So that'll be the first one. Uh, and that'll give me a nice balance in the week. I'll have a, the, the short Tuesday show, which is this one. JP's Product Pick of the Week. And uh, then I'll have this Thursday workshop show, which is that one, the one you're looking at right now. Uh, so that's what I've got. Please come by for that. We'll be posting up uh, some blog posts and, and uh, teasers and things like that as we go. Uh, all right, let's see. What else have we got? I think this is a good time uh, to bring up our favorite minute of the show that is two and a half minutes long usually, the Make Code Minute. All right, so for the Make Code Minute today, uh, this is going to be a really dangerous one. This could bring the whole show down because I'm going to introduce a Zoom window into the proceedings. So this window you're seeing under here, that's, that's Zoom happening right now. In fact, I'll hit the stop video on it. You'll probably recognize that. It's got your, your username in there. Uh, and so for the Make Code Minute today, what I want to do is build a Zoom call mute and video mute button box uh, that also works with Google Meet. So these are two really popular uh, streaming uh, video conferencing services, and uh, I wanted to build a mute button for them. So what you'll see is right here beneath the Make Code, I have a Circuit Playground Express. Right side is video, left side is audio. If you Take a look at my, um, let's see, let me hide one thing real quick. There we go. So if you take a look at this Zoom session right here, is it going to show? Hold on. Okay, I got to set something up. Let me me scale something down here. This will help. That's a little easier to see. Okay. Uh, I need you to see the UI of this. There we go. Uh, So this is a Zoom that's happening right now that I've launched. No one else is in that call. Uh, That would be really chaotic. Uh, But so in order to mute the audio, I'm just going to press the left button on the Circle Playground Express. uh, And you'll see here it switches that little icon at the bottom to mute or unmute. Um, And if I want to mute the video on it, I'll hit this button on the right. And that will pause that video. Now, if we are going to use uh, Google Meet, I just have a little switch here to switch over to different keyboard shortcuts, which I won't use right now because that'll definitely create a black hole. Um, so, uh, let's see. The, let's pop up the make code here. And hopefully, we can keep this thing from, from breaking. Uh, and I'll hide that so it's a little easier to see. All right. So, inside of make code, what I've done here is I have the keyboard extension that I've added. And you can see here, when I press button A, depending on which service we're using, which is either Zoom or Google Meet, based on switching the uh, button or the switch left and right on the Circle Playground Express, we're either going to type in a keyboard capital A with the command. So that's command A, uh, which could be control A. If you're on Windows, you could switch that. And uh, if we're in the other mode, it's actually command lowercase d 
that, that mutes the audio. So those are the shortcuts for audio. Uh, and then the B button does same thing except for video. So inside of Zoom, that's Command capital V or Command shift V. And on Meet, that's Command E. Uh, the rest of it is just about making it fancy by lighting up some lights. I've got an array, a couple arrays here of which lights we light up depending on uh, the one that we're using. And uh, that is how simple it is to set up a little Zoom call muter. And I somehow managed to do that without breaking Wirecast, I think. So I'll, I'll quit while I'm ahead. Uh, and that is how you can build a video and audio mute button inside of make code for the Circuit Playground Express to use with Zoom and Google Meet. That is your Make Code Minute. All right, are we still here? I am astonished. I really figured I was gonna end up breaking uh, my session here trying to do it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like my audio lagged or anything. Th thank you for, uh, uh, I'm checking the chat there and, and I, can, I can imagine people would let me know if things went crazy. We're still live, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, sometimes just willy-nilly throwing shortcuts from one app into another really causes chaos, but uh, somehow we survived that one. Uh, okay, so let's see. Next up, we've got uh, our Make Code Arcade game of the week. Uh, and I'm going to bring back that Google. All uh, right, there it is. And you know what? I'm going to turn off. I'm going to temp fade. I'm going to turn off the green screen on that one and then go to the proper screen. Here you are. Uh, so here we go for the Make Code Arcade game pick of the week this week. This is actually one by Microsoft, and this is to uh, celebrate Wonder Woman 1984 upcoming uh, movie. I don't know when it's coming out. Things are changing rapidly. Uh, but in partnership with uh, the uh, Wonder Woman 84, WW84, Microsoft created a, a whole portal uh, this is under, let's see, you can get to microsoft.com slash inculture slash Wonder Woman dash 1984. Uh, Google around and you'll find that probably easier than uh, listening to what I just said. And here it is, a, among other things, a game for uh, learning to code. So first you'll go through and play this game and we'll check this out. Uh, and then it brings you through a build your own game tutorial. So I'm going to go ahead and hit A. It says Wonder Woman needs your help, collect all the artifacts, fight Barbara, and destroy the Shard of Chaos before it's too late. Nice graphics there. Uh, I guess that's a Shard of Chaos. And to win, you're going to collect 25 points, retrieve your lasso, defeat Barbara Minerva, armor up, and destroy the Shard of Chaos. Uh, and check this out. This is, uh, I've never seen such a huge sprite inside of Make Code Arcade. Uh, that is Wonder Woman right there. Uh, in, in disguise. Uh, and it's a little uh, walk around the museum. That was Girl with the Pearl Earring. These are all, uh, there's the Mona Lisa, all artifacts inside of a museum. So you'll go through and collect these. Uh, and I won't, uh, I'll let you play it, but, uh, oh, look, I've just gotten the, the golden uh, lasso. So now I am Wonder Woman in my Wonder Woman garb. Uh, and then you'll go and fight Minerva and uh, do a few other cool things, armor up. So uh, I encourage you to check that out and the rest of the site, including uh, these learned code lessons, which will take you both through this game and through uh, uh, make your own 
arcade game uh, lesson. So that is my arcade game pick of the week. It is Wonder Woman 1984 by the Make Code team. Well done. And that was your Make Code arcade game pick of the week. Uh, let's see. I've got a uh, I've got a thing beeping, so I just want to make sure that no one's trying to get my attention. Uh, no. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Something. You know how that happens when something starts beeping in your uh, in your notifications, and you have no idea what's notifying you. Uh, I'm even in do not disturb mode, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, all right. Let's see. What does that take us to? I think that's all of our uh, things I wanted to show before we jump into the project of the week. So. Uh, let's pop over to this main cam and bench cam over here, and let's take a look at the weather. I'm going to bring my weather-appropriate um, iced tea over here with me. And you can see here what I have. Uh, I'll need those in a second. Is this lovely... Uh, large, this is what, the 6 millimeter or the 5 millimeter? I think this is the 5 millimeter pitch display. Uh, still 64 by 32 pixels, and I'm running it with the, uh, as you can see here, let's, in fact, let's switch cameras out. Got my camera switcher working again. I'm so happy about that. Let me get that out of the shadow. Uh, and I'll show you what this is made up of. You can see I just have a temporary uh, clamp situation going on for. Uh, holding on that acrylic panel in the front. So there we have, uh, in fact, you know what, let's take this apart. I'm gonna pull power on that. Uh, this is our RGB matrix feather wing, or rather shield, uh, sitting on top of a Metro M4 Express airlift. This is the one with the Wi-Fi coprocessor. Uh, you can see I've started to label these. I have a lot of these going. So this one says weather on it. Um, here is the shield, and uh, I've got data going over this IDC connector and the ribbon cable. I've got power uh, running through the uh, voltage input, DC input, and then out to the board over this uh, little cable harness here. It plugs right into the board there. Um, and I'll plug the power in here and power it up. And I want you to notice uh, some things when we power this up. So let me flip that like that. By the way, you'll notice some flickering um, of this display on the camera just due to refresh rates. It actually doesn't flicker in the real world. And okay, so let's power that up. And you'll see it says loading weather. Got a little uh, loading. Oh, actually, now it is now it is flickering in the real world. I think I've done something. I'm probably squeezing it a little too hard somewhere. No. Or something's loose. Let's see. Do I have a loose connection? Hmm, let's try restarting this. Hmm, yeah, yeah, I've done something. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I'm underpowering it. That is 
Yeah, I think I've just got a little underpowering going on. Let me see. Do I have a bigger? You need about two and a half amps, and I think that's a two amp, five volt. Let me let me fish around for a second in my little uh, bin of power supplies. Here is a four amp. That'll do nicely. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know why it was running fine before. Let's let's hope this is it. Let's see. Yeah, I think that was a two amp. So five volt, four amp. You'll notice I like to write uh, in a few places usually voltage on the end here so you don't grab a nine or a 12 volt and plug it in where five belongs. I've learned that lesson the hard way. All right, let's see. It could be too that I loosened something pulling that apart, but let's cross our fingers. Yeah, that was it. We were a little underpowered there, so it was starting to flicker. Huh. Uh, all right, so you'll see here we've got a nice little loading uh, weather screen uh, graphic here. This is a BMP graphic that I made, and uh, we'll take a look at that. And you can replace that graphic. That's uh, literally just a BMP file on disk that gets grabbed when it starts up. And one of the reasons, because now what it's doing is... Uh, the board here is jumping online. It's uh, finding my access point. Uh, and then, zoom out just a little bit more for you. Uh, and then it is heading to openweathermaps.org, uh, which has an API for getting the weather. You've uh, given it a location uh, in the uh, code. We can tell it where we, we are uh, based on some city and country codes. I've told it Los Angeles. And then it goes and grabs a JSON file that has the um, temperature, uh, wind speed, wind direction, latitude, longitude, humidity, uh, the weather condition, both as a main and as a description. This is the descriptive text, which says clear sky. Uh, some of these are the same. This morning it said haze. Uh, and that has uh, a main category of haze and a sub-description of haze, but others will be um, things like rain and then thunderous rain or something like that uh, as the description. Uh, here you can see I'm grabbing the wind speed. It's nine miles an hour right now. And uh, there's also a set of standardized icons, uh, or rather standard icon names that you can point then at a sprite or a sprite map in this case. Uh, this was coded by Melissa really cleverly. There's a single sprite sheet that is filled with little 16 by 16 pixel sprites. Uh, and those, I'm going to turn off that, that sound so that alert stops bedooping at me. There we go. Um, and uh, so we've got some, some cute little icons that it can grab depending on if it's cloudy or hazy or smoky or snowing or raining, thunderstorm, uh, etc. Sunny in this case. And uh, another thing you'll notice is that this is currently displaying in imperial units. So you'll see that it's uh, got 90 degrees in Fahrenheit. And uh, when it gets to the wind speed, that's in miles per hour. Um, one, this is uh, based on the project we did on Pi Portal a year or so ago. Uh, but one thing I noticed when I was looking at the code uh, just this morning is that when we query the openweathermaps.org API, you can uh, add a, um, a flag to tell it if you want imperial units, metric units, or if you leave it off, it gives you Kelvin for, for uh, 
temperature and I think metric units for the other stuff. So this allowed us to stop doing any conversions inside of the, the software and instead just grab the data using the, the type of um, uh, measurements we want. So I've queried it for um, imperial, so I get the degrees Fahrenheit and I'll get miles per hour. And excuse me, in code you can go and say instead of uh, I added a little um, user-defined variable that just you can put in metric or imperial, it'll give you the right one. And um, that was pretty cool, but I realized it would be even more fun if I could change that on the device itself. So what I did was I added a little jumper. Uh, if you look at my uh, shield here, you'll see that little red jumper right there. That is jumping uh, pin 12 to ground. And when that jumper is in, it will give us units uh, in imperial. Uh, what I can do is I'm going to hold the reset button and I'll pull the jumper out and then allow it to restart. And now uh, once it gets online, it will make a slightly different query to the openweathermaps.org uh, API. And in this time, it'll return uh, the units in uh, Celsius and meters per second for the wind. Um, and then in the code I have, I'll show you in a second, I have some little switches that look for uh, which, which way did we set that and therefore should it be an F or a C, should it be M slash S for meters per second or should it be MPH. Uh, so you can see it's 32 degrees Celsius. This probably suddenly is more meaningful for our uh, Celsius using uh, viewers out there, uh, of which I'm sure there are many. And uh, now you know what, what 90 degrees Fahrenheit in LA is. That's 32 degrees centigrade, or, or Celsius, rather, sorry, Celsius. And now it's two meters per second is the, uh, the wind speed, not, what, nine miles per hour. So I don't know what those, those, those are meaningless to me because I'm used to Imperial, so I'm going to go ahead and reset it again and put my jumper back in and restart it. Uh, and that jumper could be a, a toggle switch, but I decided since I'm not uh, asking again while it's running, it's just a startup thing and, and kind of a set it and forget it. I figured a jumper would make sense so you wouldn't be tempted to try to flip it while it's running. Uh, that could be a, a user upgrade if you're interested, but the way I have it uh, set right now, it'll just uh, look for that on startup. So that's how it works. Uh, we'll, we'll wait one more second here and see it go into, uh, into the temperature. And uh, like I said, Melissa wrote this code, including a uh, class that's the uh, Open Weather Graphics class. And I was able to look at that. Uh, I had a little discussion with her this morning. And then it was actually pretty straightforward for me to add. Uh, we originally just had the weather description and the city. And I wanted to add the wind speed and the humidity. So it was actually very straightforward for me to add that, thanks to her code being clear and simple and, and uh, easy to understand, as well as, um, oh, I've restarted it. Yeah, something is loose here. Uh, as well as the uh, Open Weather Maps um, API making it pretty straightforward. So let's, uh, let's head back over to my workstation and I'll show you the code that's involved in making this work. So let's see, let's head here and get rid of that one. And how about uh, this Adam here? Oh, and I can make things a lot bigger, how about? All right, Adam, you're gonna get big. 
That should do. And uh, good. Okay, so let's see. Um, I'm going to open up my Atom session. There it is. And I can zoom my text up a bit. There we go. Uh, so there's two things that, that matter here, and I'm going to close this uh, terminal. There we go. Uh, so there's the code.py, and then there's also this openweather underscore graphics.py, which is the class, kind of like acting like a library in my way of thinking. But Melissa said this is, uh, we, we think of a library usually as stuff that goes in the bundle. This is more like a, a highly specialized uh, class for this project. Um, and so it's... Uh, it's a way of breaking things out into, into a couple separate pieces uh, and not putting everything all in one uh, chunk of code, which makes it a little easier to understand what's happening. So if we look at the code.py for a moment here, you can see we're importing some libraries that we'll need, including the matrix portal for the network stuff and the um, display stuff. And uh, we go into our secrets file, which I promise I'm not going to show this time. <laughs> and it'll grab our Wi-Fi password as well as the open weather maps uh, key. You'll need to get a, uh, a free key to use, uh, API key. And uh, we might be using Adafruit IO. I can't remember uh, to go grab the time. And uh, here you can see I've got my jumper uh, pins that I'm selecting, pin D12, and setting a... Uh, input direction on that pin and using the pull-up resistor that's built in. And then I have, uh, this is this units uh, variable, which is either metric if the um, pin is high when there's no jumper, or it's imperial when the pin is low and there is a jumper. Uh, and then we'll, we'll look at that later. We'll come back to that variable. Uh, next we have our location, so you can set here, I've got it set for Los Angeles. If you switch that out to your city, you'll get uh, proper local data. Uh, and then this is, uh, let's see, can I toggle my soft wrap? There we go. So you'll see here, and I'll zoom in even more now that that's toggled. Uh, this is the query to the API. So. If we go to apiopenweathermap.org, data, 2.5, weather, and then the um, arguments to it are location, which it goes up and grabs this Los Angeles US, and units, which it's going to grab uh, imperial in my case, or metric if you don't have that jumper in, uh, that will return back the um, uh, JSON file at that location, properly formatted. Um, and we also need to add to that query the, the API's ID, which is uh, something you'll keep in secrets. And uh, then we also have a variable here called hold time, which right now I have it holding for five seconds when it reaches sort of the, the, the beginning of a, a piece of um, text so that I, I see the word up there. Some of these are really long, and you may prefer to have it just constantly scrolling so it doesn't stop like that. And you could just set that scroll hold time to zero, and it'll constantly scroll. Uh, and if we have time, I'll, I'll plug it in and, and update it. Uh, then we set up our display the same way we've been doing with these projects. Uh, here you can see I'm making a call to this graphics, uh, which is the um, class, the function in this class, Open Weather Graphics. Um, and I'm either throwing in imperial or metric to that, um, to that call. So we'll take a look at that file in a second and see what that does. Uh, then we're printing some stuff to the serial uh, port so you can see what's going on. Uh, and then we go and 
get our time, uh, get our weather, and we, we're checking that every 10 minutes uh, just so that we're not overloading the API. It'll yell at us and, and you'll be putting a timeout. Uh, and then we go and use within that graphics uh, class, the Open Weather Graphics class, the scroll next label. And so that uh, essentially will hold, I think I have it set for five seconds right now. Uh, it'll hold for five seconds, then bring on the next one, bring on the next one, and it just loops through that. Uh, so that's pretty straightforward. So now let's take a look at the Open Weather Graphics uh, class here. So here I'm setting some things that I want to use, like different colors uh, I've picked for the different things. You can uh, see, let's see, he's not behind me anymore. Can I put a, yeah, I'll put this camera view uh, over here and let me move, uh, move my Atom view up for a second. Sorry, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm doing it. I'm going to crash this program. Here we go. Just making some layer changes, bear with me. There we go, I want you on top of you. Oops, and yeah, we'll just have a partial view of that one there and then I'll put myself up here. There we go. Uh, let's see, I can move that over. That'll work. Uh, okay, so, and again, the flickering is just my cameras. It doesn't flicker in real life. I'd like to mention that. Uh, okay, so you can see here I've got specific colors for the different segments. Uh, the color of the sun icon there, which is a sort of a yellow and white, uh, that's coming from the BMP file, which I'll show you. Um, main color, I could probably rename that, but that's the description, which is called main in the JSON file. Uh, the Description color uh, is, oh gosh, now I'm confused on which one is which of those. City color, humidity color, wind colors make sense. I can't remember, maybe I'm not using main anymore. Uh, we'll see. So then this is a current working directory uh, line here so we know where to grab the fonts and the icons. Uh, and then here is the main uh, function, this open weather graphics, uh, which here you can see, uh, I'll soft wrap that one too. Here you can see my units will default to Imperial, uh, but the um, call that we're doing from the code.py is where we can change which that's going to be. Uh, and here you can see if units are metric, then we set Celsius to true and meters speed to true. If we are using Imperial, then Celsius is set to false and meters speed is set to false. Uh, I'll show you where those are used in a second throw the display uh, group hierarchy of, of display items and tile grid up there. Uh, splash is what has it display, or rather show does, has that display to the screen. Uh, and then we have these different groups of the, the uh, items that we're using. So we have the, the main display, then we have the icons section, the uh, text that's fixed, which is the temperature, and then the scrolling text. Uh, Initially, we don't have any text in that, but then we start loading that in. Uh, we load in the sprites uh, from, from the sprite sheet, which just has a little tile of different 16 by 16 sections. Uh, and we're setting up the fonts. We have, we're using a couple sizes of Arial in here. Preload the glyphs so that they're fast when they show up. Uh, they just, that's what part of that waiting time is when we boot up. 
and uh, then we set the, the different elements. So we have the temperature text, which is using this medium font, and then the small font is for all the stuff at the bottom, including uh, the description uh, of the weather, which is that like rainy or humid or uh, not humid, um, haze, that's one of them. Uh, we have the humidity text, which uh, is next, and then the wind text. So this just sets up those labels, but it isn't querying uh, what their values are. We'll use those in a second when we use this uh, display weather function. So. Here you can see we have um, weather and then these pieces of the JSON file. That's the hierarchy of the JSON file. In fact, if I uh, scroll back in my history of my um, serial output here, you'll see this is this chunk of text right here after reply is okay. This all here is the... Um, unformatted JSON file. It's, it's uh, not very readable this way, but if you look at it in a code beautifier, for example, you'll see nice uh, indents and hierarchies. Uh, but this is where, if you look at uh, grabbing from that JSON file and then uh, there's a heading uh, key for coordinate, then there's this one, this group rather, rather uh, called weather. If you look inside the weather group, then you can uh, go and grab things like which icon is being used, which is icon, and it's 01D in that case, which might have been sunny. Uh, then the city name is grabbing weather name, and in here you'll see there's name and Los Angeles, uh, country, the same thing. And uh, then when we go and grab the temperature, again, it's looking inside of Maine uh, here, and then temp, which is here. And the answer to querying what's that hierarchy key Got, and that's going to be 83.44 is what that was. Um, then if uh, we've got Celsius set because of that unit being in metric, it will format the text this way by putting a degree symbol Celsius. And if it's the uh, imperial, it'll grab degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, but you'll notice we're not doing any conversion in here anymore because the query brings it uh, to us from Open Weather Maps API. Uh, and then same weather description, so weather, uh, and then I'll look for description in here. Uh, let's see, where is, there it is, clear sky was the answer that gets returned by the JSON file. Uh, and humidity, same sort of thing, wind speed. So you can see these are all uh, things that you could grab, sunset times, sunrise times, uh, all kinds of weather data that, that comes in this JSON file. You could add your own um, scrolling text line to that. It's, it's as simple as basically copy and pasting two little sections of text here. Uh, then we're setting the icon uh, by grabbing the coordinate point of the little 16 by 16 section. And uh, here is the scrolling uh, text function. And that is it. And then all of that is going to repeat again after uh, this scroll hold time. And if you turn that off, it's just going to run continuously. So um, what I'll do is, uh, first of all, if you have deeper questions about this, ask on um, Discord right now because I think Melissa is on, or she was as of a few minutes ago. Uh, and what I'll do is um, I'm going to plug in USB for uh, the 
fact, I'm going to grab a long USB cable and leave the display there. But I'll plug this in so that we can look at um, the files that are on there. Let's see. It's a nice long USB extender. Oh, that was the one that was running my clock. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, so let me plug that into... I still can't believe that Zoom thing worked and we didn't blow up. Amazed. All right, hopefully this super long USB cable won't give us any trouble. Oops. There goes my magnet clock. Okay, so if, uh, let's see, what, what was I, I don't even remember why I wanted to open that up, but let's, uh, let's take a look at some of those graphics. What I'll do is I'm gonna make a finder window and let me share this. One second, uh, I can do that on here, how about screen capture? Sorry, we're in a holding pad. Oh, is audio not working? Why do I see? Oh, no, it is. Okay. <laughs> I saw a delay there in audio. I think it glitched while I was adding that uh, screen cap shoe. Let's configure that to be a window, not a monitor. Okay, this is definitely where I get myself in trouble and start causing audio delays, but uh, all right, let's try it. Finder. Yeah, that'll do it, that's the one. Yeah, okay, it's just a little giant, so let me try to scale that down. Okay, that's maybe gonna work. Uh, so you can see, in fact, I'm just gonna scroll, uh, I'm just gonna use the finder's ability to zoom a heck of a lot. Uh, so there is my loading graphic uh, that we saw on boot up. And here is our uh, weather icons. So these are tiny little 16 by 16s. You can, of course, zoom way up on them to, to work on them. Uh, Melissa grabbed these, I'm not sure where from, but they look great and I just colored them. They were all uh, grayscale, I just added some, some color to them for fun. Um, so let us know where you got those. Hopefully those are free for us to use, I'm hoping. Those are open source ones. Um, and then here is uh, the rest of the contents. Uh, I'll zoom back out a little. See all that, almost all that. Here's the rest of the contents uh, of the Drive, so we've got uh, libraries here. We have the Open Weather Graphics class. We have our secrets file, which I won't show you, uh, code file, readme, boot out, uh, and the fonts live inside the fonts directory. Uh, so that's what, what is on there. Um, and uh, I think that covers it. So um, let me know if you have any questions. Oh, geez, I didn't show you. Sorry. I'm so sorry I didn't share that. Uh, yeah, going back over it. Now, you, now you'll be able to see these. Uh, my bad. I was looking at the wrong um, 
preview window. So you can see here, I'll, I'll zoom in. So there's our loading graphic. Here are our little icons. And then these are the rest of the contents. So you didn't miss much. Hopefully you used your imagination and your uh, mind's eye vision of what I was talking about was, was clear enough. Uh, so that's, that's what goes on the disk. Uh, and that's uh, how we run the weather display. So questions, comments, let's pop open the Discord. Uh, yep, thank you. Charles Burnford warned me, same, to, same Mr. Certainly. Couldn't see it. Sorry about that. Uh, good. Yeah, oh, uh, Mark Gambler says, I was doing all this network reading and JSON parsing in Arduino and C. CircuitPython is so much easier. Yeah, it is uh, reading uh, and, and um, dealing with the JSON files is a real uh, strength of both the PyPortal and the Matrix Portal uh, on CircuitPython. It makes it very straightforward, which is so nice. Uh, okay, good. Well, that's about it. That's all I've got for this week. I uh, hope I didn't miss anything. The uh, last thing that I'll mention once again is uh, if you, if you want to tune in next Tuesday for JP's product pick of the week, do it. I'll be uh, at the same time. So 1 o'clock uh, Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern time, and we'll be jumping into some stemmas. And every uh, week I will be looking at a new uh, product pick. It'll be about 12 minutes, 12 to 15 minutes is our goal. Uh, let me know what you want to see. Let me know any suggestions, new products that we've come out with that you're interested in uh, seeing me do a bit of a, a, a dive into and build a project around. So uh, we've got the first 10 or so planned out, but uh, let us know what you want to see, all right? And uh, I will see you there. So for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park. This is John Park's workshop, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.